Welcome to Anything But Routine. Before we start our podcast, we would like to talk about our Dance Coaches and Teachers Unite Facebook group. Join the Dance Coaches and Teachers Unite Facebook group. We have over 10,000 coaches and teachers from all over the country. Have a problem or need advice? Ask a question in the Dance Coaches and Teachers Unite Facebook group. We all do better when we work together. Join the Dance Coaches and Teachers Unite Facebook group today. Now, enjoy the podcast. Well, I am so excited to talk with a friend that I have known for years and a fellow coaching comrade, and her name is Jennifer Sims. So welcome, Jennifer. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And and I we just kind of did this on the fly because we'd been bantering back and forth So um, about coaching and strategies and different things. And Jennifer has a lot of experience. She, uh, well, in college... She danced at the U of M Moorhead, and then she started her career in New London Spicer, where she was a cheer dance coach. Then she was assistant coach in Wilmer. Then she became the head coach in Montevideo and head coach in Austin. Maybe I'm wrong on head coach. I don't know. From 99 to 2000, and then again from 2002 to 2013. And presently, she's at Albert Lee. And basically, you've moved around a lot because of your husband's job, correct? Yeah. In my earlier coaching years, he works for Hormel Foods. And early in his career, he was moved every, it seemed like, it seemed like every other year, but it wasn't quite that often. Not quite that often. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's neat that you found coaching opportunities everywhere you went because it's in your blood and it's what you like to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Everywhere we've been, I've been able to get involved in some way. Okay. So I I think that's really neat. So it shows that you really have that passion and you love working with kids and and you just got to do it wherever you are, you know. Exactly. That's cool. But I, when thinking of um, one of the things I get asked really often at camp and, and on our, our Facebook is, new coaches, how do you get the kids to accept you? And I thought you'd be a great person since you've moved so much and have, have that experience. And, you know, it's weird because I, I've been at the same place forever. And so I'm the opposite of you. I've coached in the same town since I started, which is, I don't even want to say how long, (laughs) but, um, you know, I look at a lot of new coaches when they take over teams, I kind of compare it to a, a parent, that's maybe a step parent of kids that it takes a while for the, you know, maybe they've had, they've had a divorce in their family and they have a new mom or a new dad and it takes a while to trust. And I also kind of, you know, even like a foster child who has been moved from home to home, you know, some of these teams have no consistency in coaching because people haven't stayed around. And then sometimes you take the place of somebody who's been really great. And that would be hard too. You know, both situations are hard. So I just wanted to talk about, so what, what do you feel have been your biggest challenges when you go into a new school? Well, I think you, you have to evaluate what the culture is or what the history of the team is. I feel like um, you have to take an immediate interest in, who they are as a team 
And, you know, when you're walking in, you're the new person and you might have goals and, and expectations um, for your team, but you also have to recognize that they have a history you weren't a part of. And so um, you can't disregard where they've been. Exactly. That's good. You know, that's when I'm at camp and I'm talking to new, you know, people taking over new teams. One of the things I talk about is, you know, you have to listen. You know, I always think it's great to go out to lunch with the leaders or the seniors, the people that will be seniors, because they're going to be your biggest, you know, either advocates or hard people to pull into your circle, you know. So I think one of the big things is what asking them, what do you love about your culture right now? What is something that we have to continue to do so that, you know, you get them on your side more and, and just say, what is something you want to see changed, right? Because I mean, every team could always say something they want to see changed, even if they had a great leader the year before, you know? Absolutely. So how have you had, I mean, maybe just share how you went about getting them on your side or getting, and, and it might take more than a couple of years, right? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you have to value where they've been, but then and that, you, you kind of phrased it, it, it's the same thing, but you phrased it a little bit differently. I think it's important to keep their traditions alive. So if there's something that they do as a team and it, it's what has helped them stay connected or it, it has helped to build their unity within the team, you don't want to disregard those types of things. You might have your own ideas for things to add in. But they want to remain who they are and they want a respect for for what they've been through, positive or negative. And so I think keeping those traditions alive is key and also assuring them that, um, you know, for me, being in a variety of places, I work really hard. I can't compare one program to another. I mean, the dancers are the same. They just... They just want to dance. They want to. They want to be a part of something bigger than they could be as an individual. They want to be the best they can be, and it really doesn't matter what gym you walk into. You know, the overall feeling is: um, Can we trust you? Mm-hmm. Will you help us to reach our goals? Do you care about us? Um, you know, those are the types of things they're wondering, and so I try to do my best to show them who I am um, and that I'm respectful of who they are and I'm the new one. And that's so smart because you don't want to go in and change everything they've been doing. I mean, I've had that happen with coaches at camp and I'll be like, Oh no, 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 no. You can't go in and say, we're doing it this way. I'm changing everything because immediately they're going to dig in their heels and or claws (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to be that one on the outside. So I think your, your approach of going, I'm the new one, you know, help me understand how you want it done. I think the big thing that would be hard for me is if I went into a program that was very non-driven and kind of lazy and settling because I'm so driven and want to be good. And I know you're that way too. So changing that culture might be hard and that might take time, right? Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, you have to pick your battles. So when entering or entering into someone else's program, whether you have experience coaching or not, you know, there are a lot of ways to do things and not everything works the same way in different places. Um, 
I think you have to have a wide variety of strategies kind of in your in your back pocket ready to try something else um, if things aren't going the way that you want. And so you have to you have to pick the big things that you feel will help your team um, be as successful as possible uh, without changing who they are. Right. Have, can you give me an example? I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, but absolutely. Of stuff uh, of different strategies you've mm-hmm. used. Well, I'll give you one that seems maybe rather simple, but um, I got to a point, you know, when I had been around a while at at some schools, um, at some of my other with some of my other teams, where there were things that were just kind of non-negotiable. You know, I picked the music. You know. Um, I, of course, I wanted them to buy in, but I, I usually had things set up so that they could hear a bit of music and tell me what they liked. And then I could build from there and just to get, you know, I wanted, I wanted their input. I want them to love what they're dancing to, but I also don't want it to be this long drawn out, um, you know, 50 opinions sort of situation where, when I had things moving. Well, when I first started at Albert Lee this past um, August, I knew we had to get rolling right away because I was coming in late as far as planning. Exactly. Uh, yeah. As far as planning goes. And um, in watching them over the years um, as a, as a coach in another school and, you know, just looking in, on videos and things like that, I, I just wanted to make sure that um, they knew that I cared about what they wanted as far as our, our musical themes, that sort of thing for the year. And I thought I had this, you know, I had several different examples. I had collected a lot of music and I went to play um, music for them. And I just said, tell me who you are. I mean, which of these strikes you and how can I build on that for you as I, as I'm working hard to prepare as quickly as I can. And um, they went a completely different direction than I thought. If it had been up to me, I probably would have, I would have chosen something completely different and what they chose um, they said felt like them. And unfortunately it was sort of the theme that I had the, the fewest, um, options for music on at that point. And I thought, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best with it. And it has proven to be, um, and, and I'm talking this particular situation was high kick and, and, um, it has proven to be so fun and it is them. Like when they dance this, dance i can see in them that they're not trying to be a team they're not they have absorbed and become you know part of this theme and i feel their energy in that every single day and that's exciting yeah yeah it is and it, it was one of those things that probably normally i would have just done you know once i had gotten there okay they're they're feeling for a certain i probably wouldn't have given them so many options but I want to be on their side. I'm building this for them. Exactly. And, and I'll just interject that that was probably the smartest thing you could have done. Because if you just said, no, I think we need to do this one, they would have been um, kind of like fighting you all the way. So, I mean, I think you said it best when you said, pick your battles. You need to know it, they've got to love the music. I mean, after all the years I've coached, I still, even though I've, selected the music a lot of times I want them to buy into it and I'll say you know is this something that you feel like will you know power you forward and and sometimes they don't want what I want and you know sometimes I might dig 
you know, after being there really long, I might dig my my heels in a little bit and go, trust me, we're doing this, you know. But I do think when you're a new team, you can't do that. You need you need them in on it so that they feel a part of it. So how often do you okay, here I don't even know what I'm trying to say. How often do you have check-ins with your leaders or is that a daily thing or is it a weekly thing or are you just feeling the pulse of how it's going and then, you know. Right now, um, I've got a standing, you know, Wednesday meeting after practice Um, and and I meet with captains and sometimes I keep upperclassmen in general, but it's usually captains. Um, And I have a variety of things I want to talk to them about. And if for some reason we can't meet on that Wednesday or on, on a Wednesday, um, then I will um, talk to them before practice a little bit more concisely, I suppose, or um, I'll even send them, you know, a, a group email or message and tell them about something I'm thinking about and could they give me some feedback. So I try to check in as much as I can. It gets busy and I know that I um, neglect to do that as often as I want to, but, but I think a weekly meeting gives you or gives me as a coach insight into the team and how they're feeling about things. And, um, and it allows me to know them in a different way. Um, They, I believe feel, and I truly value their opinions and their thoughts. And I feel like then it becomes a team effort. It's not just me telling them this is how it is or what we're doing. I can gain their input on things that are important or that I, that I'm seeing as a potential problem or maybe it's just planning. So I I think it's so smart to do that. Even as a vet coach, you need to know what's going on. You know, if you open the door for them to talk to you, you find out stuff that might be going on behind the scenes that you can address and you can fix it and you can move forward. Like, you know, I I think I always say, you know, you need to daily be talking to your team about goals and and take the temperature of the room, basically, and know how they're feeling and address it daily because otherwise stuff blows up. So it's, that's really important. So do you feel you've gotten your, your captains on board to trust you this year? I think so. I mean, you know, sometimes as we've gotten to know each other, um, I know that they, I know that they trust my experience. I know that they, I've worked hard to show them that I'm invested in who they are and, and what they're doing. I think, I I think sometimes I feel that they don't want to disappoint me. So they're hesitant to say something or that maybe they think I'll be offended if they um, ask me something about why we're doing something. And I absolutely don't want them to ever hesitate to ask me a question Right. Um, or bring something up because they're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, oh, so tough you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so I think that's still a phase of building trust that you can say something, and you and you're not going to you know there's not some sort of wrath coming later because you asked a question. Yeah, that's great. I think that communication piece is number one. And and then um, building your program in terms of um, how much they practice a week compared to before, 
you know, building some consistency. I know if I went into a program, I'd probably add, you know, like we do weightlifting and we do a lot of different strengthening things that, that maybe a new program would be like, oh no, you know, I don't want to do that. So it takes a while to add your, you know, add things to the program that they've had, but I do feel it's smart to start slowly. Mm -hmm. I did add some practice time. Um, and that we ran into a few glitches with scheduling because there were um, dancers that had commitments at studios or, you know, things of that sort, because they, they always ended practice at a certain time. And, and there were three days a, a week, I, inc I increased practice time. Um, a lot of what I struggle with is some of the stuff I know that they need is best suited, I believe for the off season. And I think, um, and then building it into the season uh, as time goes on, but we didn't have that time together. Right. In the summer. And so I feel like, yep, I increased practice time. Um, I feel like my, obviously my expectations are different from what they're used to in general. So I, I feel like that's been the balance is adding some of that practice time. And then. Um, Cause you're playing catch up basically. Playing catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. How about um, a topic that we haven't talked about is gaining the trust of parents. Mm -hmm. So has that been a, you know, what, tell me about that process. Well, I think um, communication is really key. I try, I try to communicate weekly by, with a weekly update with, with the parents, just as a heads up about what's going on, but then I might encourage them in the stands, you know, um, cheer loudly or, you know, whatever it might be, or give them a little insight into something we're practicing um, that particular week or focusing on. Um, they've been really great this year. You know, I, it can go any way. You just don't know. Um, and they've been, you know, anything you need help with, we're here. But, you know, we're not going to come in and we're not going to step on toes, you know. So I've gone to them. I have a a smaller booster kind of club um, group that is fantastic. And they're willing to do pretty much anything. And I feel as though those times have been really nice for me because you can, you can be um, face to face and, and get getting to know each other at the same time that you're talking about what you'd like to see moving forward. And, and so that's all been, it's all been, that's all been positive. I'm sure it's that's been a great because them. I don't hear that very often. Usually, usually it's like the booster club has their mind on what we're wearing for costumes and they're telling me what to do as a new coach. What do I do? But I'm sure you going in with your experience and it, you know, it makes a big difference. So, you know, new coaches that are listening that are young know that it, it takes time to build the trust of the parents. And I, I think communication, what Jennifer said, you know, if you don't, I always say communication, lack of communication is filled in with negativity, you know, voids in communication, it's negativity. So you need to, and I've had that going on in my own program this week. I'm not practicing what I preach. And I feel we did a poor job of communicating something we were doing and it kind of blew up on us. You know, it's, it's one of those things that as veteran coaches, you know, you know, things are going a mile a minute and we made some decisions that affected a lot of kids and we should have right away communicated to the parents. So I think, you know, 
I can't stress enough that communication is so important. Sometimes it's hard when you're in the thick of the season, but finding a way to communicate it, even if it's in your band group or, or whatnot to say, you know, Hey, we're making some changes in the lineup. Kids might be coming home upset, just giving you ads up and is important. You know, how about that situation? Um, who's getting to dance and who's not, has that been a struggle this year? Cause maybe you're more strict than the coach before, or maybe you're not as strict as a coach before. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, I've had, I've had good conversations with parents. Fortunately, I haven't had anything um, blow up or, you know, I haven't yet. I, I mean, knock on wood. Right. But um, I think because I came in and first of all, this team didn't even know if they were going to have a season. And I think that, and I wanted to increase numbers on the floor. And we do have some girls in kind of swing or flip positions where that's always hard. They're working hard and they're not getting to see floor time. And, and that's a challenge, but I, I dropped um, the separate JV program this year because I wanted to take them all in and, you know, work with them and get to know them and set those expectations with the entire group. And we're separating out for JB jazz here later in the season, but um, it hasn't been perfect. There have been glitches and yet people have shown a lot of grace. And so uh, um, the interactions I have had have been respectful. And I, I really feel like um, the parents in Albert Lee are doing their, their very best to allow me that grace and understand that everything's not going to be perfect. And that I came in late. I didn't have anyone else on the coaching staff until October. Um, it, so I, I feel as though they're, they are, they're showing me that grace. And um, fortunately I felt a lot of support above all else. That's wonderful. You know, and, and I feel for, teams like if they knew they if they possibly knew they weren't having a season they have to appreciate you coming in and taking the time and and building the program that you're building i'm glad to hear that you got some assistance to help you too because yeah. i was I was actually wondering that like how you're managing it all so well is there any last thing that you'd want to add i mean i feel like your insight has been very valuable um to new well, coaches I guess one thing, and I was thinking about it when we were talking earlier, I'm not sure why exactly it popped into my head, but in building those relationships, you know, um, I come from a background too of teaching, um, classroom teaching, and I, and it's something I tried to do in the classroom as well, but I also try and do it on the team. And sometimes I'm really great about it and I'm in a streak and other times I, I not so much, but I have found power in, you know, catching them doing the right thing. And maybe I forget to say it right at the moment, but I will send out a quick message to an individual dancer and tell them I noticed that you know, awesome. I, I saw, or I've seen this improve. Have you, have you watched this go back and watch this and now watch the video from last weekend? Wow. You've grown so much, you know, I mean, just to say that it's easy to listen or give feedback to the most outgoing dancers. Sometimes with a large group, it, it gets lost in the mix. And I want them all to understand their value on the team and to me. Um, That's awesome. It's great. So any sort of personal 
note or message when you notice them improving or working so hard, you know, um, to notice that and to make sure that you reach out and let them know you saw and you, you see them. That's, that's so important. We just had a thing at one of our studios this week where a, a child felt insignificant, you know, and, and our director was like, I am going to change the way I'm teaching. I don't know why she felt that way, but she was like, I'm going to go back with a, you know, I'm going to notice every kid in the room. And I always go way back to, I was in an intent, uh, kind of an intense um, musical a band. I played the clarinet in high school and I had a fabulous band director, but he, we had 76 kids in our band and that's a lot. And he said he felt like he had failed if he didn't make eye contact with each and every one of us within the hour. And I've held on to that, that you have to notice. I remember one day I was leaving and there was a kid standing outside and it was at a time when I had a really large team, like probably 40 kids on the floor. We don't do that anymore. But um, I I thought to myself, I didn't even see you today. It, you know, I didn't tell her that, but I felt like, oh my gosh, you're working so fast. You're changing choreography. You got to try to notice every kid. And, and if you do have a lot of kids, maybe that's a way to have assistant coaches, Um you know, taking a group. So you divide them up. But I think the personal messages are so important because it gets kids to, they're going to, they're going to work harder for you when they know how much you care. So that's a great coaching strategy is to notice them. And you said something that I use all the time to catch them doing something right. You know, especially as a dance coach, I feel like we're working at unity so much and synchronization that you're catching them doing something wrong so often. It's not really wrong. It's just off, you know? And, and so sometimes they feel like they can do no right. So I think the point of catching them doing something right is huge and sending out those personal messages. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's also, again, building trust and community within the team. Um, Hugely important. Hugely important. Well, I've enjoyed having you on today. It's just been a pleasure. And I think it's going to help a lot of new coaches. We'll have to do this again sometime. And I, I wish you, yeah, it would be great. And I wish you the best of luck as your season continues into the intense part of our season here in Minnesota. So thank you, Jennifer. It's been thank great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for listening to Anything But Routine. If you like the podcast, give us a five-star rating or hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time.